Welcome to the Shari Tzedek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Here you'll find a live recording of just about every sermon, Devar Torah, teaching, or story from our Arab Shabbat and High Holy Day services. We know that you wish you could be with us more often, and we understand life getting in the way is not a bad thing. To live Jewishly is to understand that just as important as it is that Judaism happens in the synagogue, it's even more important to live Jewishly in your home and on your way. So here we are, in your home, on your way, maybe even on your morning run. If you ever have any questions or want to continue the discussion, let one of us know, and make sure you check out our live stream and YouTube channel for more ways that Shari Tzedek is available to you on demand. Keep an eye on your shofar and email so that when you're able, you can be with us as well. Looking forward to seeing you soon. I have an important confession to make on this Shabbat. I, Rabbi Michael Weiss, being of sound mind and body, am a nerd. A big one. A big one, like in every sense of the word. Um, If you didn't already know this, you probably haven't talked with me for more than a minute. And I am so, so glad that being a nerd has become less and less stigmatized as time has gone on. Nerdy things have lately taken center stage in our popular culture with the ascendance of Marvel movies, Game of Thrones, and Stranger Things, a Netflix show that helped bring some new attention to one of America's oldest oldest and nerdiest traditions, a game called Dungeons & Dragons. Now, some of you may have played this game. Some of you might have kids who played it. And some of you may have seen it on the news in the 80s as the subject of a satanic panic when people were afraid that this tabletop game was tempting children into worshiping the devil. Frankly, with Yom Kippur coming up, Judaism is probably more likely to tempt people into sacrificing goats. You'll hear about that in a little bit. I started playing Dungeons and Dragons in 2019 when I was invited to join a game by by one of my then rabbinic student colleagues. And it has been a very important part of my life since then. And let me tell you, if you get a chance to play D&D with three rabbis and a cantor, you should take it. it. It's wild. So for those who are not in the know, Dungeons and Dragons is a role-playing game where you take on the role of a character whose backstory, personality, and abilities are all of your own design. You sit around a table while the dungeon master, the referee, narrates an adventure featuring challenges or monsters for players to face. As your character, you get to make choices about how to respond, and then you roll all kinds of fun dice to determine what ultimately happens. It's a very improvisational game, and research has shown it helps encourage creative thinking and coming up with solutions to problems. And, well, there's something really empowering about you know, pretending to shoot a fireball out of your hands or slaying a giant dragon, one of the most impactful parts of the game is that it involves social interaction. The entire game involves communicating with your fellow players at the table and working as a team, but many of those conversations can take place in the role of your character. 
when I was playing as a gregarious and clever magic caster, I would put on just a little bit of a voice, a little different from mine, and try to imagine how my character might respond to someone based on their personality and life experience, all of which I invented, by the way. And the more time I spent exploring the world of this very social character, the more confident and social I felt in my own life. Indeed, our Jewish tradition teaches us that playing a role can have an impact on who we actually are. Our Torah portion this week, Ki Say, contains the bulk of the law code that makes up the middle of the book of Deuteronomy. It contains 72 commandments, which is more than 10% of the total 613. And what's interesting is that many of these laws make no attempt to explain why they exist. If you see your fellow Israelites' ox or sheep gone astray, do not ignore it. You must take it back to your peer. Why? No answer. You shall not abuse a needy and destitute worker. Why? Again, no answer. When you take eggs from a nest, do not take the mother bird together with her young. Why? It's almost as if the Torah is telling us, don't worry about it. Just do it. We can spend a lot of time guessing at the reasoning, trying to understand the values underlying these divine laws. But Judaism is as much a religion of action as it is a religion of learning and understanding. This goes back to the very beginning of our people's relationship with Torah. In Exodus 24, when the people of Israel were about to formally accept the covenant with God, Moses read all of the laws aloud, and the people responded, Kol asher diber Adonai na'aseh v'nishma. All that God has spoken, we will do, and we will hear. Now that's kind of interesting, right? The order is a little off. We'll do them before we hear them. So a different translation might be that we'll do it and then we'll understand it, but it still doesn't make a lot of sense. Unless you understand what that this law is teaching us is not that understanding the laws is unimportant, but that understanding comes about as a result of living them. Kitetse doesn't need to explain the reasoning behind its laws, because as we live them, as we show mercy to a mother bird and cooperate with our neighbors, we are shaped through our actions into the kind, ethical person God wants us to be. Another way to hear the affirmation of the Israelites could be this. We will do them so we can internalize them. We play the role of a good person, and then we become it. Here's an example from our tradition. We are all participating tonight in services in one way or another. Some of us, and no judgment, are here to be with our friends or to enjoy delicious desserts at the Oneg. Or you're here just because you feel like you're supposed to. That's okay too. But when you come into the sanctuary with us, 
listening to the music of prayer, reading the words along with the community, even simply sitting in one of these very comfortable chairs, you might feel something different, something elevating for just a moment. And here and there, as you keep coming back, that feeling might get stronger. And soon enough, you've become the kind of person who prays for its own sake. And then you also get to go to Oneg after. You may have begun as someone playing the role of a service goer, but that provides the chance to internalize the power of what prayer can do for each of us. Another example. As we get towards the end of the service, we're going to recite the Mourner's Kaddish, which is frankly a strange prayer for a person who has experienced the death of a loved one to offer because it doesn't mention death at all. It is a long and earnest praise of God, thanking God. Knowing what it says, some of us may struggle to offer this prayer because in the wake of a death, that is when we most want to be angry with God for taking someone away from us. But this prayer, said every week, might help us learn to be grateful to God for sharing that special person with us at all. The ritual is a safe place for us to experiment with a different way of viewing and experiencing the world, slowly, imperceptibly, exchanging some of our anger for gratitude. At Passover, we are asked to play the role of a people freed from slavery, for knowing and feeling the plight of the stranger should move us to free others. Every week on Shabbat, we play the role of people who value sacred time and rest, so that we will understand that the time we take to nourish our souls is more important than the time we spend producing. We take on the role of people who work to repair the world, and put aside whether we're doing it for the right reasons or not. When you do it, the reasons will make themselves evident. Jewish ritual is the training ground for how we might want to act and who we might want to be. Try out a role, and it'll start to feel natural with time. Na'asev nishma. We will do it, and then we will embody it. There's a midrash that tells us that when the people answered, we will do and we will understand, a divine voice called out and said, who revealed to my children the secrets of the angels? As angels are said to have the sensitivity and wisdom to do something before it is even asked. Our ancestors were either very wise or very intuitive. They grasped that there were actions God wanted them to take. And they intuited that doing the holy things that they were asked would inevitably lead them to understanding how God wanted them to be as a holy people. And for all these reasons and more, every week I get out my dice and I open up my character sheet and I take on the role of a spell-slinging wizard or a plucky detective or a holy warrior of justice, who's a few feet taller than I am. Each character I play has something in them that I aspire to be. And as I explore an imaginary world as them, 
I can begin to see myself with those qualities. Now, I'm not saying you all need to go out and join a game of Dungeons and Dragons. But if you have even the slightest inclination, you should. But our Torah teaches us that there is a power in acting like who we think we want to be and then letting the wisdom follow. May each of us live out the promise of our ancestors, na'asev nishma, to do in order to understand, to act with holiness in order to move towards holiness. Shabbat shalom.